Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Let's have all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. Welcome in to the Autzen Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prem, Eric Scope with Jared Mack on the show. And we've got a guest as well, the man, Steve Wiltfong, Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports. Steve, thanks for coming on the show. Really excited to have you on uh, Talk Some Football Recruiting. Absolutely. Good morning, fellas. So let's dive right into where you were just most recently at um, in Southern California for the Elite 11 Finals. Um, Dante Moore is someone that you were ahead of uh, the industry and reporting that Oregon was a serious player here. He performed really well uh, there. Can you just maybe give us your synopsis of just what he did real, real briefly and just his rise maybe from Vegas to the Vegas event to, to now at Elite 11, it feels like his stock is maybe going up if that's even possible. Well, Greg Biggins and Chris Singletary, our colleagues on the 24-7 Sports National team, they led the charge on ranking the quarterbacks for us at that event. And uh, Dante Moore was the number one guy uh, uh, for them, the alpha dog of the camp all three days. He, I believe he was the top overall performer. Well, look, he's he's got a big arm. He's accurate with the football. Uh, um, there's a lot of juice uh, with the way he plays the game. He's an exciting player. Um, you know, that just seems like he's having a lot of fun when he's out there competing. I got a chance to see him in the fall. Uh, he, his, his team lost a very tough game on the road to one of Indianapolis area's best teams, but he threw for like over 400 yards and five or six touchdowns in that game, including one with 30 seconds left that looked like the game winner before a short kick and a Hail Mary beat him. Um, but, you know, he had a tremendous junior year, I think 40 touchdown passes, just three interceptions, won a state championship uh, inside Ford Field where the Lions play. He led the led his King team to the state championship game as a freshman. So he's going to be a four-year starter. He's played a lot of varsity snaps. He's played in a lot of big games. He's competed on a lot of big stages. I mean, he took at the recent overtime OT7 event in Las Vegas. He, he led Cam Newton's team to the, the final of that that one where they lost the South Florida Express, but he was excellent in that setting, uh, excellent at the Elite 11 finals, and I think just kind of what defines him is he sees the field well. He's smart. He knows where to go with the football. He's accurate with the football. He can make throws to all three levels of the field. He's confident. You know, he drives the ball in there uh, um, and uh, has a lot of traits, but then most important uh, with Dante Moore are the intangibles. 4.0 kid this past semester, and, and he really cares about other people. You know, he's just a good young man. Everything, you know, it's not about Dante Moore anywhere he goes. <laughs> um, he is not. 
um, a self self loathing guy. You know, it's not it's not the Dante Moore show. Even when he commits, when Dante Moore goes to announce his commitment. Uh, he's going to share that moment with his teammates. I think they're all going to commit on the you know, same day. That's not going to just be Dante Moore commitment day. I think it'll be a Detroit King commitment day. You know, it's just, um, that's just the way he's wired. And uh, so whoever gets them is going to get a guy that's going to be a great ambassador for their program coming into the end of the summer here. You, you know, you like where Oregon stands. But in the spring, like to where Notre Dame stands, you know, this recruitment's not done. He's never publicly named the leader. You know, I know he also likes Texas A&M. Michigan's still trying to hang around in that one. Um, LSU as well. So it'll be interesting to see where, where it goes. You know, I like Oregon. Uh, he's been there three times, has a great relationship with the staff, likes the trajectory of the program, sees the, the way that Oregon's recruiting and who they're in on. You know, they got a lot going for him. But, you know, I think Texas A&M's an intriguing option for him. He had a great visit there in June as well. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended ended up back on one of these campuses in July, and then we'll see what happens from there, if he's ready to decide or not. I wanted to ask you, Steve, just we're sticking with the Dante Moore part here, but, you know, he came out on his own dime for unofficially, is official to Oregon in April. Um, what would you think was the driving force behind him being there? And I also wanted to ask specifically about his relationship with Richard Young. I know they're not from the same part of the country, but based upon social media, it seems like they're fairly close. Young, uh, obviously, being another five-star prospect from Florida running back. But I'm just curious what you can tell us about kind of what what, what your perception was of, of why Dante decided to come out specifically for that weekend and, and then maybe the relationship between he and Richard. Well, I think, you know, it was a big recruiting weekend for Oregon and Kenny Dillingham and, and Dan Lanning and, and company did a good job of getting that on his radar and getting him back out to take another look. I think it shows that he has great interest in Oregon, you know, and so um, we'll see where that takes him for the rest of the process. But, you know, another good experience out in Eugene. And then, yeah, him and Richard Young, um, sometime, you, you know, you see these, these recruits, you know, kind of click up or buddy up with some guys nationally. And that just happens to be a guy that he's hit it off with. Now, will they go to the same school? I'm not, they're not a package deal in my opinion. Uh, this is, I just think they're buds. He also formed a great relationship with Carnell Tate, you know, the re- five-star receiver from IMG Academy out of the Chicago land. Carnell's committed to Ohio state. So just because Dante's close with Richard Young or Carnell Tate doesn't mean they're going to go to the same school, you know, and, and uh, it doesn't hurt either. Um, But I, you know, I kind of still like where Alabama stands for Richard Young. I think Oregon's alive there and, and certainly made it interesting, but and if Dante were to pick Oregon, you know, that could be an inch that helps Oregon in that recruitment. But um they're going to make their own decisions and do their own thing. Steve, just want to thank you for coming on again. I got one more Dante Moore question for you. Uh, <laughs> you know, you've been you've been following Moore for a long time now, as you just mentioned. Um, you talked about how Notre Dame seemed to be the favorite in the spring, and how Oregon has kind of ramped it up. Just you know, how, how has Oregon been able to ramp it up this, these last couple of months that you know led you to ultimately make a crystal ball prediction for the Ducks? Well. Uh, Again, that's just our perception of the recruitment, Um, talking to various sources that Notre Dame had the momentum uh, in the spring going into summer, and then that shifted some. 
Um, Oregon's always been in it for him though. You know, he had taken two visits prior. You know, he talked to, he talks to the staff regularly, Uh, him and Kenny Dillingham's relationship go back to when coach, coach Dillingham was at Florida state, you know, and, um, that it's just in, it's just an easy bond that those guys have that, and then Oregon has a lot to offer, you know, Oregon's played in the college football playoff. They've played it. When you look at the PAC 12 programs, they've had by far the most success over the last 15 years or so. And, uh, they got a lot going for it facility wise and Nike wise and all of that. You know, there's a lot of reasons to, to like Oregon. And, uh, even when Notre Dame was considered the favorite, it's not like Oregon packed up their stuff and went home and recruited said, said, you know, we're not getting him, you know? So, uh, they've hung in there and they got some momentum here, but they're they're not they're not alone. You know, Texas A and M's in there among others. Steve, we don't really even maybe know this answer yet, um, but I'm gonna ask it anyways. Uh, with the news that USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten, is it even is it even possible this could impact Oregon's recruiting positively, negatively? We don't know yet. I mean, I understand also like Oregon could be in the Big Ten in two months, like, you know, or plan to go to the Big Ten in two months. So under the current landscape of what it looks like today without without like forecasting where Oregon could be or Notre Dame or where conference realignment could take us um, beyond today. We know USC and UCLA are out. Oregon can just, I think Oregon looks at the Clemson model. Like Clemson was by far the best team in the AC and just do that. And you'll make the playoff and compete. Hey guys, I'm so sorry. Um, can we pause for a minute? I have a yeah. kid that's committing here and I need to take it really quick. Rise and shine, football fans. This is Susanna Fuller from Morning Footy, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Galazzo Network covering the breadth of the global game. Join me, Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, and guests every morning for the perfect blend of news, analysis, conversation, and exclusive interviews. If you love soccer, then look no further. We've got you covered for Europe's top five leagues, the W Gold Cup, the Champions League Knockout Stage, CONCACAF Nations League, NWSL, MLS, Transfer News, and much more. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Subscribe to Morning Footy. New CBS Monday. Federal agents. Here's where we can see them. NCIS Hawaii is back. New criminals to catch. Armed robbery, aggravated assault, murder. And new investigations to be solved. These guys were good, but even masters make mistakes. Vanessa Lachey and featuring LL Cool J. Violent Island, we got here. Welcome to paradise. A new NCIS Hawaii, Monday, 10, 9 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. As I was saying about Clemson, when I rudely had to jump off for a minute, so I appreciate your guys' patience here and your edits to this program. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, look, Clemson was the dominant team in the ACC, and people would try and hate on them for that. 
but you, they, it didn't matter because they would go to the playoff and win two games and it would validate how good they were. Right. Like, you, you know, so, so if you're Oregon and you're looking at the current landscape of the PAC 12, you can still only worry about yourself. So just recruit great players, develop them, kick it, kick people's ass in the PAC 12 and get to the playoff and see what happens, you know? And, uh, um, if you have a lot of pro talent and you're doing, you know, it's not like, I mean, hell, it's not like Clemson was going undefeated all those years and making it still, you know, they could, you know, they'd lose the pit and still, still get in and prove they deserve to be there, you know? And, uh, um, there's going to be, look, look, the PAC 12. And, uh, I, I think it had less you know, had a third of the sec draft picks and less than half of the big 10 draft or about half of the big 10 draft picks in his last draft. So, so the, the, the league is in a, in an interesting point, uh, interesting, uh, phase, but, I like the trajectory of Oregon. I like what Coach Cristobal left behind. I like the infusion that Dan Lanning and company have put into the the program and just, you know, go out there and can recruit well and, and and dominate and you'll still make the playoff and, and, and do your thing. We talk about kind of changing landscapes here. I, I just have another one. And this is more specific to recruiting. Not, it's, it's not specific. It is a recruiting question. It, it, I just like the last couple of cycles, and there's been a trend of summer official visitors, even like end of spring official visitors, and obviously moving up the timeline of commitments. And Steve, I just for for like what what was the impetus behind that, Steve? I'm, I'm curious nationally, and then Oregon. I think the last two cycles has had a couple dozen of their top prospects visit during the months of May and June. Had pretty high success rate in turning those into commitments. Can, I just if I, is their approach similar to most nationally? Because it does seem like you look through it and guys are using all five officials sometimes in May and June. Well, the co- most of the colleges are dictating that because they want their classes signed or, or or they want their classes committed before they go on to fall camp and with the early signing period yeah you, know, you know everything got accelerated I, I i thought originally when they put the early signing period in it was just an opportunity for kids that knew what they were going to do to sign and so i didn't think they needed to change the landscape of the other rules which was official visits starting the first day of your senior year which basically means that kids couldn't take officials till the fall of, of their senior year. Um, but with the early signing period being put in place, they also decided to institute schools allowing official visits in the spring and summer. And, and of course they jumped on it and it, it accelerated the process. A lot of kids want to decide before their senior year too, so they can get it out of the way. So it just goes hand in hand. So, you know, it's going to be a busy month for commitments for everybody, not just Oregon. You know, that you're going to look, you're, there's going to be several commitments a day for the next couple of weeks as kids go into their senior year. Steve, you mentioned towards the end of June that uh, Oregon was in the running for five star David Hicks, and they've had plenty of other edge rushers on campus like Mateo Youngle or Samuel Pemba. Just what what is the recruiting perspective from Oregon at the edge position and how they can um, kind of justify with with a couple of players who could potentially be leaving after the end of the season? Well, they knocked it out of the park with David DJ Hicks. I still have my pick on AM, but I, I, Oregon was the first school to really like make me pause on it. Uh, uh, Mateo Uagalele is going to go to the end, but Oregon's a finalist. You know, Ducks are have been in great shape for Blake Purchase for months. You know, they're battling Florida State for Blake Nicholson. The crystal ball says Oregon, but that, you know that could still go FSU's way. Um, 
you know, uh, or Oregon, uh, had a great visit with Colton Vasek. Will it be enough to get them in the fold? Uh, I don't know, you know, time will tell, uh, but they really had a great official visit with him. Um, and then they're in on some offensive linemen, you know, Alani Noah and Micah Banuelos, you know, as I wrote on your site, I think they have a great shot to, to land those two. They're in it for Samson Okanlola. There's some Miami buzz around that one. They're in it for Miles McVay, you know, so we'll see what happens. So Steve, kind of tying with that, what, what do you feel like is a realistic expectation from a from a class ranking like is it fair to say like hey it'd be a pretty they're on track to be a top 10 or it'd be a pretty disappointment if they're not a top 15 team in the country and i understand that the difference between that is very small but i mean they're in on enough guys to have a top 10 class we'll see how it comes together and that should be the expectation you know they did it twice under mario I don't think there's any drop off in head coach recruiter from Mario to Lanning. They have different personalities, but you know, coach Lanning is a terrific recruiter, helped Georgia build that program into a national title winner. Um, and does it, and takes it very serious. So we'll see how it comes together. Steve, I think one of the last ones before we let you go here, I'm just kind of curious on your perspective of Oregon staff. We haven't, I don't think we've had you on since Oregon finalized its staff and, you obviously are really dialed in with some of who these people are in terms of recruiters more so than we are. We're just kind of getting to know them out West. Um, but the perception of a Dan Lanning or a Tosh Lupoy or Kenny Dillingham, and you mentioned him earlier with kind of having a relationship with Dante Moore. I think he to a lot of Oregon fans still relatively an unknown just because he's really young and, and, and hasn't, I don't think been a full-time coordinator in terms of devising an offense, but like, what can you say about this Oregon staff, maybe how it stacks up compared to other staffs out West and, and maybe nationally? Well, Kenny Dillingham is one of the best relationship builders in the country. I'd be surprised if there's more coaches that spend more time on the phone or FaceTime or whatever talking to recruits than Coach Dillingham. Obviously, Tasha Lupoy has has been considered one of the best recruiters uh, um, of his era. You're not going to find a better offensive line recruiter than Adrian Clem. There's some that are as good, but it's a short list. He does a terrific job. You know, Junior Adams is another that uh, builds meaningful relationships at the receiver position, and your guys are already starting to see the results there. You know, Coach Demetrius Martin, he's, his reputation is, is massive too. He's recruited some big-time guys throughout the course of his career. Um, Drew Merringer, you know, he did great work at Texas, in my opinion, recruiting receivers and, and, and skill players when he was with the Longhorns. I know I didn't mention everybody on the staff, but I mentioned the guys that I'm most familiar with. Um, um, that's not to say the other guys aren't great recruiters as well. I just don't know their personalities as well. Steve, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Really appreciate the time. Um, safe travels back home from, yeah. from Southern California. Hey, one more thing. I one more thing I wanted to add. I think Oregon went out and hired Marshall Malchow to run the recruiting department. Yeah. And there's not a more insightful, organized guy in the industry than him. He's one of the two or three best at what he does. He's elite. Uh, he, he he's a forward thinker. He's very organized. He has the respect of the coaches. Um, he, he's just, he's as versatile and off field recruiting guys there is in America. And, you know, that was a major, major coup for coach landing to get him out of Texas A&M and, and, and bring them. Uh, and those guys have great chemistry from their days working together at Georgia. 
Yeah, it's funny you mention him. I we've mentioned it off air and on the boards so of just the little details that we've noticed um, when we see recruiting visit photos or we see guys out on campus, um, the things that they're doing. Just I mean, Mario was pretty good at that, but it's even gotten better uh, under Marshall with with his direction, like you said. So good that you, you brought him up. Um, Moving forward, Steve, we'd love to have you on closer to National Signing Day. Uh, Safe travels home, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. See you, boys. Enjoy the fireworks. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. Ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. <laughs> This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.